The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... Welcome to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I am your host, JP Ajahn Paz. And with me today for another edition of Who Is? First, we'll talk with the doctor himself, the second man in the booth today, Mr. J, Mr. Destino, Dr. Jargo. Michael, how are you doing today, sir? Hanging out and being cool, Paz. You know, that's kind of what we do here. Um, it, the being cool part, incredibly difficult. I believe the heat index here is 108 degrees today. So uh, it, it's just a little bit cooler than it was at SummerSlam out at Allegiant Stadium. Nice. And of course, the third man in the booth, Big Poppy himself, Mr. HMG, Mr. TNPT, Mr. RBV. Rick, what's going on? You hey, uh, you guys want to talk about hot hey, this past Sunday? Uh, I was out working right in the middle. We had a, a tremendous audience for it, an outdoor show, though, on a basketball court. And it, with the heat index, it was right up there. It was like it was like 103, 105, bell time, 3 p.m. So we were just out there in, in the blistering heat. Uh, but, you know, a hat tip, a major hat tip. Hey, all I had to do is help run production in that. Uh, the true heroes of the day were the uh, the talents that went out there and just worked their butts off of Rev Pro, top to bottom, uh, gave it their all. You, you could tell it, it. It was hitting them a couple, you know, sometimes uh, on a few of them into the match were getting a little gas, but they fought through it. Tremendous, uh, tremendous effort. And a lot of those talents there, hey, they're going to be with me this Thursday. We're going to be back in the heat, but it's in the evening and we're on the Ohio River and we're in a nice uh, stadium area as we make our way to the Swiss Wine Festival, where our own HMG, our namesake, Ben Hamin, will be challenging for my promotion's Great American Championship when he takes on our Great American Champion, Amos. Looking for that one. And then, hey, the blockbuster, never never seen before. First time ever, and we're going to give it to you. Can't miss this thing. Shane Taylor, Ring of Honor, six-man champion, taking on Congo Kong, man. I I, I just I, I had I had a nightmare yesterday that – that Shane hit him uh, with a slam, and it just blew the ring out. They're both massive guys, so it is possible. Shane Taylor really coming into his own. Got to love that. With um, the river there, is it the Cuyahoga River? Yeah, we're, we're right on. We're right on the, the best river in the world, the OHIO River. Uh, okay, remember that great Randy Newman song on the Cuyahoga River? Burn on. It's famous from Major League. I don't know. If you've seen that, but I always remember the Cuyahoga River. Who the hell hasn't seen Major League? 
I hope I hope everyone, if at least uh, if, if you haven't seen Major League, stop watching our show right now because you are not worthy of it. Who is the greatest go, sports go movie of all time? Who is Willie Mays Hayes? You may run like Mays, but you hit like his sister. It's like Man. one of the greatest lines in the history of film. Maybe a line, but I, I don't know. For baseball, well, I, well when they edit you. when they edit that part together, yeah. Uh, you may run like, beat, Mays, you hit dreams, like though, shit. Right? <laughs> love that movie um the second one's not as good obviously they try to make it pg for god knows a reason but the first one is arguably the best sports movie ever that's a different story a different topic for a different day today's topic is who is the biggest pop and this is of course because the guinness book of world records wants to get in on it which they said technically i guess they can't but they wanted to and they kind of somebody there must be a mark that they're running that twitter account but basically talking about that cm punk pop and that's kind of what got us going, what got us talking. Like, oh, what would be a good topic for this week? We were both saying very topical would be the punk pop. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, that was quite a pop. Was it the biggest pop of all time? Arguably, it's up there. It was a sustained pop. You literally couldn't hear his music, which was crazy after a while. Uh, great song, Cult of Personality. But you couldn't hear the music. The fans are going nuts. They're chanting CM Punk. He jumps in the crowd, gets caught by the crowd. They're going nuts. He gets 1.3 million on the rating for that segment. 1.13 million overall for Rampage. That's a different story for a different day. What do you think about this pop? We'll start with the doctor himself, Dr. Jargo. CM Punk, was it this biggest pop of all time? I had a hard time even figuring out if this was the biggest CM Punk pop of all time. Whoa. Um, hey, now. Well, and, and, and I have these right next to each other on my list. Number eight and number nine. I went with eight being the Chicago, the Chicago pop from 2021. That was an impressive pop. It's probably the biggest pop that we've heard in years. Many years. But Punk in 2011, when he took on John Cena in Chicago, Money in the Bank, um, and that was the night that he won the WWE Championship and left the company, exited through the crowd. That pop, when he comes out at the Rosemont Horizon or whatever the hell it's called now, um, I think that pop was actually better than the United Center pop. Wow. Rick, you agree? Uh, good stance there. I, I don't know. I, I would probably lean toward what we saw Friday night. Now, when it comes to terms of the, the biggest pop, uh, I don't know if I put this one number one, but I'm going to say arguably the one of the most important pops that pro wrestling absolutely needed is we have been in such a lull for so long, just seeing the bubble shrink uh, and seeing the audiences shrink and the interest just beginning to completely fade on professional wrestling to see an incredible energy like that was beyond anything else that I, you know, that could have imagined. And it was incredible to get lost in that moment. I've never been a CM Punk guy. I never really got the Lord towards him and all that, but you got to give the devil credit where the credit's due. And he, and that was completely amazing and also a hat tip you know to to the audience and i know you're gonna have people that are gonna nitpick things and they're gonna hate on things i know the poor gentleman that they caught crying there it's me you gotta love that emotion that you can actually go to the show get lost in it and that's really what you want from the fans check what you know at the door you know put your you know how you think that business should be run or what you think you know aside and when you are in there in the live audience actually get involved and enjoy it and i think that's something that that transcends it you see that emotion that's going to touch some people on the outside they draw a little interest and i think that's what it did all the way around perfect timing perfect place for it 
and Punk nailed it. Uh, and I, I'll tell you what I especially love there. I thought that just added to the energy is I thought Darby did a great job, but especially Sting seemed so intense in there. I think that I think seeing Sting that intense, you know, just took my pop to the next level. Punk plus Chicago usually equals like massive pop. The loyalty, I love that. It's like, you know, Bret Hart in Canada or something. You I mean that loyalty factor is there. It's just unbelievable. And we'll I'll talk about Brett, obviously, a little bit later. But this AEW Rampage pop, it was the biggest in years. It really, really stood out because everyone was talking about how great the John Cena pop was at SummerSlam. Such a massive pop. I mean, this dwarfed it by a lot. So you people were saying, or a bunch of people were saying, oh, this is such a great pop. John Cena is the biggest. Such, uh, not as big as Punk in Chicago because that was massive. I just love how they kind of had to go to commercial break before the guy was even able to talk, as there was, which was perfect. It maybe was set up the way, but to me, it was just like, wow, they wouldn't kind of be quiet. Like, okay, let's go to commercial. When he comes back, we'll hear him talk, just because there were rabid, rabid fans. I, I do, I loved every every part of it. I just think that um, wrestling needs more of that. I mean, this, the Cena thing was great at Money in the Bank and that pop. But this definitely surpassed it in my eyes. There are, are certain moments in pro wrestling commentary that will live forever. Like, whose side is he on? Stone Cold. Stone Cold. God is my witness. He's been broken in half. I'm throwing right into that category. You've waited seven years. You can wait another 90 seconds. I thought that was freaking brilliant. I, I don't know if they charged extra for those spots and for that ad, ad revenue, but they should have. Yep. Because you know, you know every which you could tell by the ratings, everybody stick and stayed at least for twenty minutes. So for those twenty minutes, one point three, one point three four million technically, uh, we're, we're watching Punk, which is double the audience basically of what they got last week for their debut of Rampage. So it was definitely a key thing in the ratings, which doesn't have to do with this episode with the pop. It's just one of the things where I liked how it coincided. People wanted it. Seven years were gone. People were dying to see it. Perfect storm. Chicago hasn't been around. The guy, you know. Didn't even think you he'd return because he was so bitter about the wrestling business and WWE. And all of a sudden he comes back and this crowd absolutely loved him. And he gave out those ice cream cones, which was pretty funny. I think it was a funny ending to that little twist there. And it looks like the shirt is the best selling shirt ever on PWTs. Just beat out the Bullet Club. So Punk is over and Punk is a draw. For those people who didn't know that, that didn't pay attention to the key metrics when he was beating Cena every key metric before he left in 2014, for those people who didn't think he was a draw, he kind of was in, in his own way for sure. Money in the Bank 2011 was a definite high point. I put those kind of neck and neck because if you remember, that was a long sustained pop. That crowd was nuts. And they did not want Cena to win. I feel like if Cena won that night, they may have rioted it, but uh, had a riot. But that was awesome as well. Those two were definitely neck and neck for pops with me. Even the the pop that Cena gets that night, which is basically just booed out of the building. It's right? a deafening I mean, it, of boos. Yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, so, there was a couple of those. Like, because I, I thought about like the Roman Reigns pop after he beat Undertaker and he just stood in the ring and got booed out of the building for like 10 minutes. That was pretty impressive too, but I wasn't sure if it necessarily qualified for today's poll. Right. So obviously the punk thing, I mean, that got everybody talking. What's the biggest pop? And you hear all these pops. It's funny. People were talking about that, that Triple H pop from MSG. This would be the only time obviously Triple H will make this list, uh, which was a massive pop. But to me, and, and it was great. It was sustained. And that MSG crowd was loving it. It was very manufactured to me with the, the YouTube videos, all this other stuff. They were like 
almost like brainwashing the fans that this was a big star making his return. Yes, Rick. They, no yes. way. They, no, they wouldn't do that with Triple H. Come on. So to me, anyway, I mean, massive pop and kudos Triple H. But it's so funny. It's like, okay, that massive pop. Eh, straight downhill after that. It was weird. It was like that was his only good pop. Even when he wins the the Rumble, like th- that year, he didn't really get like that big of a pop. It was very strange. I wanted to mention that because it was such a big pop and such a big ovation. But it was one of those like one and done for him. Like he never really got as big of a reaction ever again like that. It didn't even crack my top twenty. Oh, interesting. I- I mean, it, it, I, it, it wouldn't really crack my list per se, but I had it in my top 10 because so many people were mentioning that that was the biggest pop. So I'm like, I got to I got to write this one down because I didn't even think of it off the top of my head. I feel like that's like complete revisionist history, you know, kind of like, you know, it, like they make it out to be like, you know, Ric Flair was one of the most beloved baby faces in the history of professional <laughs> wrestling. Um, not true. No, Although not, not even list. a little bit. Flair's on this list, though. Is Flair on this list? Yes, Flair is on this list. Okay, I was going to say thank God. Okay, um, but I, I feel like it's very much that way with Hunter now. Like you know, the whole like Papa Hunter thing has just like weeped into the game Triple H and his career. Like you got to look at it like two completely different individuals. You're you're absolutely right, Paz. That was just, it was super manufactured. Rick agrees. I, I was going to say because you even think now with, with Papa Hunter, you know. You, you've made it. You're going to get over if you get the, the the point picture. And that has kind of, you know, now we're believing in the past that, you know, Triple H was the guy you had to go through to be become the main eventer to get yourself over. And, and people respect it and loved him so much. So it is there is some serious revisionist history there. Absolutely. Never, ever, ever, ever throw another one in there was that guy. To a period. I mean, it's just insane the revisionist history with him. But let's talk about some serious pops. You mentioned Flair. I wanted to mention this because one of my favorite moments. Absolutely loved it. So he's gone. He's fighting with Bischoff. He's literally quitting the company or going to get fired because he went to read Flair's uh, wrestling camp, or really tournament, and he wanted to see his son. He's like, "Screw this! I'm doing what I want. I'm Ric Flair." He comes back, Greenville, South Carolina, September of 1998. Awesome Nitro. I always say it's one of my favorite Nitros because there's a great Goldberg Sting match in there, too. Just kind of thrown in like, wow, Goldberg Sting on Nitro. Holy shit. So just the the whole night, it's felt important. But, man, Flair coming back that night. J.J. Dillon have a nice little promo. Arn saying, what a goof. What did I forget? And Flair's popped that night and Nitro. That was in insane those fans were nuts not only for his return but they hated bischoff i think that's pretty dang close to the whole punk thing right you know what i mean like returning in north carolina it was a perfect storm the setup was absolutely perfect um the, the thing that's crazy is going through a lot of these pops one of the things that really kind of stood out to me was that would have been bigger if we didn't know it was coming that would have been bigger if we didn't know it was coming. And especially in this modern era of professional wrestling where everybody knows everything, yep. you know, it, it's really taken away from those big mega pops. And that Ric Flair one, if we would have had Twitter, if we would have had social media, if it would have gotten out that Flair was going to be there, it would have completely ruined that moment. That's what really made it. It was just the perfect storm of emotions and storylines and locations. I think you got an entire different mindset from the fan base. I think you do want, I mean, 
they didn't officially come out and say, but the obvious teases were there. It would have been the biggest let. We're arguing about if it is the greatest pop. I mean, it could have been the greatest letdown of professional wrestling if Punk didn't show up on the show. AEW might be in a business right now just because they rioted, destroyed that building. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it's the different mindset from the ears of the fans. I think you do have to kind of leak that to let that anticipation build up. I mean, hell, to get now, it's so much more important to try to drive people in for your ratings. They're not just tuning in for the hope of something. They need to be guaranteed something, help them fill that building. That's what added to that energy. And I think that's a complete difference between then and now. So as I look at my top nine, every single one of them, there, there may have been some sort of expectation to it, but you didn't know how it was going to happen. And just that element of surprise makes numbers one through nine on my list. Like that, even though you thought it might happen, the surprise of how it happened is what really made the pop. So that's one of my favorite moments, even as a fan. And it's funny. I was just watching it yesterday on YouTube because it's awesome. And it's loud as hell on YouTube, but it doesn't do it justice because I was there. Hulk Hogan, MSG 2005, Davari and um, Muhammad Hassan are beating up Michaels. All of a sudden, Hogan's music hit. Holy crap. I literally thought I was going deaf because, like, the initial pop, wow, there was a surprise. We, we we heard, like, Hogan might be there, but, like, I don't know about this. Like, Davari, Hassan, like, Michaels, like, you you, you, you think he might do it. He's still around. He's still kind of, oh, but, but is he going to be there? So was, we were anticipating, hope, hoping it happened, and was there with my friend's uncle. He literally was like holding his ears. He goes, I'm going to go deaf because the crowd was so crazy. And I sometimes I think being there, you actually, you know, you hear it even louder because it maybe doesn't come through as much on TV. But that was probably one of the loudest, if not the loudest moment I experienced as a fan. I mean, that was nuts how loud it was for the Hulkster, his surprise return at MSG in, in 05. So I had that listed because I thought that was awesome. I mean, Hogan's going to be on this list a bunch, I'm going to guess. Well, so you say that was arguably the, the biggest pop that you personally experienced, Pop. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I would even have to say, you know, I, I wouldn't put a Hogan Pop overall at the top of my list, but he is at the top of my personal list for a, a grand stage like that. I've seen some incredible pops on the indie scene, uh, but going back to the first pay-per-view king of the ring, uh, Bret Hart would claim the title that night, but that would be Hulk Hogan's exit from the company. Uh, Yokozuna got him with the fireball, but I will tell you, and I, I had seen Hogan dozens of times, but I'd never seen him on, on that pay-per-view level. And I, I don't know if those around me kind of realized if it was his last one. I certainly did it. I mean, at the time, I'm only probably, what, 10, 11, 12 years old. But we are at the, uh, the arena there in Dayton. And I swear, I mean, that concrete was shaking. I, I just remember uh, young legs just shaking, and I felt like that entire building was moving, and that was the power of Hulkamania. Do you guys remember Montreal in 02 when Hogan makes his return? That is another one where people, I don't know, for some reason, maybe forget, but a lot of people do say that, that might be the greatest pop of all time. Thank God that show was taped, if you guys remember this correctly. Supposedly 35-minute pop, and they were loud as hell through the whole thing. I mean, they were nuts and they literally wouldn't let him talk. I kept Chenny Hogan. Every time he would go to talk, I put that very, very, very high on my list as well, because I know it was a tape show and they were able to edit it and mix it down. But when you see the whole thing, they just do not shut up. I mean, what a freaking pop for Hogan in Canada. I mean, in Montreal, especially, but man, whew. 
and it feels like I could say that a bunch. WrestleMania 18, Hogan's pop. And it's funny, people said Warrior got a better pop at WrestleMania 6. I went back and watched. Hogan was a lot louder than Warrior at WrestleMania 6. To me, maybe I'm maybe I have hearing problems, but Hogan again. It feels like Hogan, Canada, Toronto, Montreal. Hogan you made you don't have hearing problems, you have Hogan problems. I think I might have Hogan problems too, yeah. <laughs> but to me, man, Hogan, so many WrestleMania, WrestleMania three, him slamming Andre, him coming down. I mean, I could do like a whole show with the biggest Hogan pop, you know, well, or when was the biggest Hogan pop, you know? You got a great list there, Paz, but those yes. haven't, those aren't the top of my Hogan pops at all. Go, go, okay, go, go. You know, everybody wants to credit Vince McMahon with this, with this great creation of Hulkamania. No, brother, I'm going to take you back to, uh, we're we going April 24th, 1983, St. Paul, Minnesota. It is Hulk Hogan. It's now or never. We want the belt versus Nick Bockwinkle. That is one of the most amazing crowds. The energy, the noise level. Near right. Yeah. That yeah, is, really that's Hawkamania. Yeah. That's where Hawkamania yep. was born right there. That was intense. Coming out to Eye of the Tiger. Remember the t-shirts? Yep. We want the belt. Now or never. And they were hungry. That audience, I don't even know what the capacity there is, what the actual audience was. Absolutely in. It was like a sea of people. It was nuts. Yeah. That's a really good one, Rick. That, that that's yeah, one that Rick. I hadn't even yeah. thought about. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, Rick, Rick, damn, nice. Uh, I I do have WrestleMania three Hogan and Andre on my list. I mean, it might be the most iconic pop of all time, uh, but I do have one other Hogan moment on my list, which might have been my favorite Hogan moment as a young fan, and that would be when Goldberg pinned his ass in the Georgia Dome Tell to become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. That pop was insane because and it's one of those things where everybody expects goldberg is gonna win right but it's hogan versus goldberg so you never know if that doesn't work for me brother but right. then the way that it happened and, and the the quickness in which goldberg put down hogan the georgia dome freaking exploded i'll, I'll see your georgia dome and your Great. goldberg and, and i'll up the ante a little bit here i mean i don't know the attendance again here when Luger tapped him out on that nitro in the rack and, and won that championship. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. insane. Yep. I mean, that Dallas place was, again, was incredible. I remember sitting around, there was like 10 of us. It got together. I mean, usually, you know, that was, that was okay for a pay-per-view night, but for the build to Luger Hogan on live television, and you stop everything you're doing, everybody over at, at my buddy's house. And I, I mean, what was blew the roof off the house? <laughs> Simply because just that moment when he got him to tap. Unfortunately, probably one of the biggest letdowns was six days later when Luker gave the belt back to him oh, on the pay-per-view. Well, that was great. That was great. But I had the Goldberg moment and I had the Luger moment. Both awesome. Shivani is awesome on both. It adds to it unbelievably. But, man, those places go nuts because – you think Hogan might lose, but then you're like, it's Hogan. Like, it's I, Hogan. I don't know. But when Hogan does lose and puts the guy over clean, you're like, holy shit. Like Luger clean as a whistle. Goldberg clean, pretty much clean as a whistle. So, I mean, it, impressive, insane pops. Plus, you're beating arguably the biggest name ever, too. So that's just like, holy shit, he beat Hogan. This guy's great. So those two absolutely on my list. It, those WCW crowds are fr were freaking awesome. It, it's amazing how in, in you know that great run, or even his later run as a face, and a heel Hogan, you still had the same feelings. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you always expected him to win, but you were, either, you were either terrified that he wasn't or you're terrified that the other, you know, it's just weird how he could, he was so masterful on both ends of that spectrum. 
John Cena's kind of entered that stratosphere at this point as well. Uh, but Rick, I do have one point of contention for you. I don't think that's the biggest pop that you've ever been present for, because I think I was with you for the biggest pop that you were ever present for. And that would be when Cody defeated Nick Aldis in Chicago Ew. to win Sweet Sweet Charlotte at All In. That, that was pop impressive. was impressive because that was one that was like, we think Cody's gonna win, but is Cody gonna go work with the NWA? Like, is he finally gonna win that title? That it was almost like chasing ghosts. And that moment when Cody won that title, that pop was freaking insane. And Aldis was such an incredible streak, you know, reestablishing, you know, what that, you know, what what Sweet Charlotte meant and how important it was in the industry. And to see that switch, you're absolutely right, man. That is up there for my personal pops, uh, along with uh, the young RBV in the Dayton Arena for Hogan. There's a bunch of WCW pops, and they all involve one guy, the most popular guy ever in WCW. I don't care what anybody says. Ow, the stinger. Absolutely. Man, when he ascends from the ceiling with the uh, whatever you call it, the the rope and he's and he's coming down and he's saving that one episode where he's saving DDP and he brings DDP back up after beating up the NWO goes nuts. I mean, there's so many different ones that got such great pops when he takes off the mask after Buff thinks it's a fake sting with all the fake stings around. And it's really sting, which is not now like a famous meme uh, meme. whatever like new new year new me they always have that and it's the same but that pop is ridiculous when you realize it's staying uh, just so many good ones my favorite one and maybe the loudest and i was reading a lot of people that were saying that they were in, in attendance that the tv did it no justice which is funny because it's loud as hell on tv and pay-per-view uncensored 97 nwo wins you think it's over legit shivani does an awesome job like depressed it's over. Here's Rodman, the NWO celebrating. Screw these guys. And he thinks like you that the fire, uh, fire the uh, fireworks go off, whatever the pyrotechnics. And you think the show is over. He's depressed. All of a sudden, holy shit! Sting comes down. The crowd goes absolutely ape shit. You didn't know if he was WCW or NWO at this point. He's obviously full blown WCW. Beats up Hall. Beats up Nash. Beats up Savage. Throws the bat away. Shivani, <laughs> Dusty, and Heenan are going nuts. Like, keep the bat. What are you doing? Beats up Hogan. Crowd erupts on Century 97. One of my favorite moments and end, probably the greatest ending or one of the greatest endings to a pay-per-view ever. I have Uncensored 97 on my list as well. Um, that was kind of the grand return for Sting because yep. nobody was really sure what was going on with Sting. Um, the whole Sting 97 and the pops that Sting would get, even if they would just show him up in the rafters, was insane, especially when you consider he didn't say a word for like 10 months. Like, that's impressive to be able to yep. sustain that kind of a pop for that long without really saying much of anything. And one of my favorite pops, it, it's kind of that same time period is when J.J. Dillon's trying to figure out what's going on with Sting. What do you want? What's it going to take to get you back in the WCW ring? And Sting holds up that fan sign that says Sting wants Hogan. Yep. That pop in that same kind of run, both of them, really, really high up there for me. Yep. Man, Sting was on a roll with those, like, insane pops. Because if you remember, too, eventually about a year later, when he would rip off the shirt because you thought he was NWO for God knows what reason <laughs> made no sense. But then he joined Wolfpack. 
it made no sense storyline wise eventually where it goes made no sense but that night that pop was nuts he just had that charisma he had that connection with the crowd that you know goldberg had some awesome pops and we mentioned before but man sting was pretty damn consistent on popping the hell out of that place even when he beats ddp on nitro not in not only in 98 but in 99 the last time wcw ever won a quarter rating against uh, raw which is nuts to think about was uh, april 26 99 that pop when sting was the title is huge so he was so consistent getting a big pop from that audience and rick i think it's what you said with the punk promo Sting in that intensity, like that's what really made Sting. It was the the silent treatment and that intense stare. And I think that's part of what made that punk promo so good too, was you got to see Sting from 1997 before they, for some reason, put a microphone back in his hand. What do you think, you know, it's Sting, even before he, you know, he went to the mysterious crow gimmick, you know, where does his alliance lie? Where is his mind at? You go back to even surfer Sting. Those audiences just, it was insane how they gravitated towards him. And it just, even if they didn't want to, it, would, it was going to be forced on them. He was a natural star with so much charisma that those Southern audiences, and, and he was, you know, he was one of those two where he could get it done in that ring. I think that's where he earned his respect, but he also carried himself with that certain charisma that he could have easily fit into Vince McMahon's sports entertainment world. He could have crossed all of those, but he you know, he still had that love and devotion from that Southern fan base. You know, what's interesting that you bring up there, and I guess I never really thought about, like it made sense why like the Horsemen and Flair, Dusty, why they were all so over in WCW and that Southern fan base. Sting didn't fit into that mold. Sting was like kind of the antithesis of everything that the South stood for at that time. How in the hell did Sting ever get over? I think it was because they saw the athleticism. They saw the work ethic. They saw that he'd go out there and perform. I mean, he could go, you know, he could go top rope if he wanted. He could go chain mm -hmm. wrestling. He could pretty much do anything between it. And you look at the power. I mean, the guy could have good power, outpower everybody. So he really represented it. But, you know, on that surface in the character, the persona, he really was everything that, that this yeah. man would have, you know, embraced that would have been throwing everything at, possibly would if you didn't have Warrior. Yeah, how did the surfer dude from SoCal get over in Atlanta? I mean, like, it just seems weird. Yep. So when you think about pop, I think you think of two words before that, and everyone knows that in wrestling vernacular, the road warrior pop. They've had so many of them, AWA, obviously, NWA, some WWE ones, WWF, they had a couple massive ones. They're hard to chop down, like, which one is – like the loudest because they were so consistent for a while with so many just like a normal entrance for a normal house show or you know a normal uh, tv show or whatever or normal pay-per-view they would just get this massive massive pop what do you think dr jargo road I, there's a few guys like that right and I, I had the same issue like i couldn't pick a single road warrior pop even yeah. though like if we were doing over the course of your career, who had the biggest pops? I mean, it's it's the Road Warriors, right? And I, I kind of feel that way about Hogan, too, where it's like trying to just pick one is really difficult. Austin, trying to pick just one is really yep. difficult. Rock, you know, like some of these guys, that they, they, they just got so big and the pops were so insane that you would have to come up with something and you'd have to slam Andre the Giant for somebody to notice that you got a pop because the crowd was popping constantly. Right, when it comes to, you know, to uh, in the case of the Road Warriors, I mean, that's like asking Tom, you know, asking someone Tom Brady's best game. 
when, when yep. there's so many that you could potentially choose from. But you got a long list of other great quarterbacks. We can tell you they're you know they're great games, they're great moments. Uh, but again, with the Road Warriors, damn, I mean, it's difficult to really pick one out there. It's the same with the Von Erics in Dallas, right? Like trying to pick a Von Eric pop is really, really difficult because it was every time the Von Erics would yeah. come out. I think, I think I could never, you know, when, when Kerry won that there in the stadium, won the world championship and, and what that meant to the player and, and everything. Uh, and just yeah, the circumstances true. around the family, the, the memorial show, that audience. But, but as you said, though, you know, outside of that moment, because it, it kind of that kind of grew outside of that te- of that territory bubble. But if we're just talking about, you know, the ins and outs of world class, it, it was that fanatic every time they stepped through the curtain. Yep. Or like Sandman and ECW. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I have a I have a, a high Sandman one on mine. I went, I went through and watched a bunch of them. Uh, there's a lot of those ecw pops man that it's just like holy crap and then you realize there's only 1500 people there yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and and i think you know that's another thing too you have to look at the the size of that audience and what you can get out of them you know it's this past weekend you know people were comparing the the reactions from cm punk to that of uh, Becky and especially Brock. Well, there's a difference in your noise level from what 15,000 to 50,000. There's so also gotta... a big difference when, and, and this is one of the reasons I don't have a whole lot of the newer WrestleMania moments on my list. When you're in an outdoor stadium, it kills the pop. If you get a huge pop in an outdoor stadium, good God, imagine if there was a roof on the place. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, that's what Although, but- the Becky Lynch return was weird. They had her music so damn loud. I couldn't tell if people were cheering or not just because for some reason the music was so loud. I don't know why they did that. Well, yeah, on, on my Sandman pop, uh, I'm going to go to uh, yeah, October 23rd, 99, when Dreamer and uh, Raven are just getting put down by the your boy, the triple threat. I mean, they're just taking Storm, Credible, and Rhino are just taking it to him with the canes, and those lights go out. And, and there's, they know, they know what's coming. It's one of those things they, I don't know if they fully expected at the time in the arena, but those lights go out and they still have that great, what, 45 to a minute pause. And then when that music hits, uh, it is unbelievable. That place goes crazy. And, and I'll even say, you know, it was just, it was less than a year ago, uh, Battle on the Border had Sandman there. You talk about, as I was putting over, when you go to a show, get lost in it, become a fan again. You talk about a moment you can't help get lost in uh and that is the sandman entrance if you know anything about professional wrestling it is obviously one of the absolute greatest uh, especially that fan involvement hey man it was one of, you know, one of the best honors in, in wrestling to to have gotten a beer thrown at me by the sandman and that's one of those moments you can't relive on the wwe network because they edited the music and it just it's not the same yep. you gotta have that metallica version of sandman in order for it to work Yep, he's gotten some massive pops. Even one night stand, he got a big pop. Yeah, it's funny you bring up one night stand because that's one that I have on my list. Rob Van Dam defeats John Cena. Yep. Um, and, and that was very much one of those uh, RVD wins or we riot kind of situations, right? But it was a matter of how is it going to happen? That, that energy might be one of the most incredible. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the interaction that Cena got before. With the merch coming back at him, as you said, if Cena wins, we, we riot. The thank you, Edge Chance, Heyman's involvement there. Uh, that that was incredible. 
That whole show is full of ridiculous pops. Yeah, the, the crowd is awesome that, that that night. With it was almost that pump that punk situation where they had been so deprived for so long they just wanted it back. With Cena, I wouldn't say like the loudest pops, but Money in the Bank this year was obviously a great pop. Royal Rumble two thousand eight, I, I put down on my list. I thought that was a great one, not high, but just something that that I thought uh, should be mentioned because it was pretty impressive. I, I have the Rumble two thousand eight on mine too, and it was. The sheer surprise. Like, we right. all knew John Cena was hurt. John Cena is not going to be back for months. And then you hear that music and he comes walking out and is like, Are you freaking shitting me right now? How are you even? No, no. And then to be the performer that John Cena was, it, it, that moment's absolutely incredible. And that is the most shit eaten grin that you've ever seen on any pro wrestler's face when Cena gets that pop and looks up at the camera. And I think, you know, even more credit to it is we're talking about, you know, the revisionist history. I think some people really remember because that's that's a moment, as Jargo, as you said, where it was like, what is he doing here? That, that's right. when he, he really earned a lot of people's respect that this guy is so dedicated and, and he's going to do anything to get back here. Because, I mean, he was still, I mean, what, he was still supposed to have like, what, four to six months on the show. Yeah. yeah. Super yeah. Cena. That, that might be when, when I first heard Super Cena. So another guy, obviously, we mentioned him before in passing, but obviously he would be very, very top on the list. Stone Cold Steve Austin. When you hear that glass shatter, you know it's going to be a gigantic pop. I feel like there's so many to name. Of course, um, in the Attitude Era, just ridiculous. In 03, when he makes his return at that No Way Out pay-per-view against Bischoff is nuts because I guess – Fans were clamoring to have him back. He finally comes back. That was huge. Backlash 2000 was was awesome just because he was injured. He wasn't there. That was kind of his return. Not really return, but a little surprise appearance there. There's a million of them that happened during the Attitude Era. Obviously, WrestleMania 14 is, is a big one. WrestleMania 15, which I was at, was another huge one. Deafening uh, reaction there live. So Steve Austin's got to be on there. I don't know which one in particular you'd go with, but he's got to be on the list. It's funny, I have a stone-cold moment as my number one, and you didn't even mention it. Can and that take, is... I was like, can I take a guess then? Yeah, his, go for his it. His return in 2000? The, the official return? What do you think, Rick? I'm going to go with beer truck into the arena. No, no, neither one. Stone, stone Cold helps Foley win the belt. Oh, see, I had that under my... I, I had it under Foley. a Foley. Yeah, I had it under Foley. Yeah, but, but it, it's I a stone-cold pop. I have it right up there is almost one. I, I don't know. Maybe, hey, that's the uh, the, the power of uh, of uniting together, man. You know, there's more. There's I gave it to Foley, though, because he's winning the title. Yep. It's a double pop. I yeah. mean, like, and they're both huge pops. I mean, there, there's the pop when the glass breaks and Austin comes walking out, right? That pop is freaking insane. And then once the referee counts three and you know that Foley has actually just won the championship, they pop again. That moment is just absolutely incredible. That's my number one. I got it right up there, but I had it as a Foley moment. I had other Foley as well. So Austin obviously would plays a, a big part in getting a lot of the pops. I also had a guy from a little bit of the newer era. Daniel Bryan was getting some massive, massive pops. The yes chant. I was just watching that Raw Cage match the other day with Bray Wyatt and him versus the Usos. When he turns on Bray, I mean, deafening in there. They go nuts. WrestleMania 30, 
they go nuts, obviously, for him culminating that big-time feud and winning the title. What do you think about Daniel Bryan making this list? I've got Bryan at number seven for Yeslemania 30. Uh, when Bryan won those titles, I, to hear the Superdome, and that might be one where like it didn't even get justice on television. Yeah. Because you know, inside of that building, they, they tried to blow the roof off the Superdome. That moment's impressive. Uh, I had a, a good friend there, uh, shout out there to uh, my buddy Kevin Mize, who had a live recording of that thing, was there. Uh, that was great. I, I thought, that, you know, that just the visuals, the emotion, the feeling that you could just, yourself could absorb from that arena. I, I have it up there near the top. I thought it was incredible. Real quick to go back. Hey, you also had, we were talking about that dual pop for Austin and Mankind. You also had DX involved as well. <laughs> you kind of had everything hot right there as well. But, you know, yeah. WrestleMania, man, that, up until Punk, that was probably, you know, one of the defining moments, you know, when we're talking here, what, six, seven years uh, inside of professional wrestling where you, you we needed those feel-good moments. And you knew it was complete. You knew it was, you were about 99% sure, but that was the strongest 1% of doubt in your mind that they were going to pull, the, you know, pull their own slick shit like they usually do and think they're going to outsmart everybody, but they actually listened. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't learn anything from that moment <laughs> as they continued to go back to their, you know, their regular yep. you know, slapdick creative. Uh, and really, you've seen a great decline in pro wrestling since then. What about, and I mentioned before, Bret Hart in Canada, even the Canadian Stampede, which was a loud, insane pop for the whole team, but he obviously gets the loudest pop. What about Brett? Is there specific Brett pops that, that come to mind? I, I have a couple of Brett pops, but I think my favorite Brett pop, um, I want to say it was 2005 with Shawn Michaels standing in the ring. I want to say it's in Montreal. And he kind of teases that Brett's going to come out and he hits the music and the place erupts. And then there's no Bret Hart. It was just a rib on the fans. And yep. that moment, I that one's pretty high on my list of Bret Hart pops. I do have one other one, but very, very similar to the uh, Mick Foley Stone Cold conversation as to who it belongs to. Um, Brett, not necessarily the focal point of my other one. Oh, that's an easy one there. Yeah. What do you got? Going to, going to Wembley, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bulldog. Bulldog, Bulldog 92. Yeah. You bet. You know I've got that one number it. two on my list. You know what's interesting with Bret Hart? And, you know, and he's regularly talked about when we have these, these who is the greatest conversations. I think in this one, he's going to get shortchanged because. And maybe that's why he seems a little bitter over the years is these big moments like this. It seems like they have been taken from him for whatever means. It might just be circumstance, creative management, but even that first time he wins the WWF championship, I mean, it, there, there's no pomp of circumstance behind the thing. And it was it even televised. I, I can't, you know, I know he gets it from flair, but uh, it wasn't anything magnificent. You know, you, I was trying to think if we're talking, did he, was there anything over the top when he went to WCW because it was such a poor entrance and how he was handled there wasn't given those opportunities. He had to carry the business at so many down points. And even when he thinks he's getting the ball to try to run with it, you know, you have the Hogan pivot, you have everything with HBK interference. 
really got shortchanged when it came to an opportunity for those big moments like that. So what about just a random one I thought of because it was really good. WrestleMania 33, what about the Hardy Boys? I do have the Hardys return, and this is one where that might have been the biggest pop, but it was outdoors. Like, I, I wonder what that pop would have sounded like if there would have been a roof on the place because that pop. And it, that's another one where it was like, we think this is going to happen, but they just wrestled the Young Bucks in like a crazy ladder war last night. And like, I'm not even sure Matt can walk. And heck, they were they were hosting a parking lot tailgate party. Yeah. Just like moments before they, they got snuck into the arena. Yeah, that, that was a really good one because of how well they kept it under wraps. I don't think that pop would have been nearly as good if it would have been announced. Great surprise. What about The Rock? Is he making any of your list here? The return in 2011 was pretty great on, on Raw. That was a deafening pop. I kind of put WrestleMania 18, although really more on Hogan, and he's kind of getting booed. But the reaction of, of that match just was insane and the pop for that match is insane what about the rock does he fall anywhere on the list when rock was announced as the guest host of wrestlemania 27 and nobody knew that he was coming back and that was the first time that we had seen him in roughly seven years and it's, it's maybe if you want to get a big pop you got to go away for seven years and then just yeah. show up unannounced the, the magic number. that that's the magic number but to me i think that's probably the best rock pop um the Hogan and Rock thing is weird, man, because there's that deafening, ongoing mass craziness that happens when they have that stare down in the ring. But it, it it's not a pop. It's just like this groundswell of noise. You know what I mean? It's it, it's crazy to watch that entire sequence. And that's the thing that pro wrestling is made of, but I don't know, even know how still to this day, how to describe it. What about Jericho's WBF debut? I feel like that was an enormous pop, which was great because you're like, Oh, does the WWE fans know Jericho? Well, they know him pretty damn well. That pop was unbelievable. He also had another one when he beat triple H on raw and everyone thought he was a world champion. Of course that was all for naught, And it was a screw job down in, uh, in Pennsylvania for that raw, but man, those were two enormous pops for Jericho. Does either one of those make your list? Both of them are on my list. Uh, the debut I have higher. Uh, that might be the best debut in WWF, WWE history. Easy I, that, Easy that whole way, the way that it was all put together, and then to have The Rock in the ring when it happened, um, that puts it over the top. But what really made that entire promo was hearing The Rock say the word, Hooventude. That that to me <laughs> pops me every freaking time. You look at that Jericho debut moment, and you know at the time we're all, you know we kind of we we're pretty sure what the clock is, but to have that thing start ticking and the still the anticipation of who's it going to finally be, and then to have it interrupt a rock promo, and really what you know the frustration why you know the great Jericho fans, one of them myself, and I, I regularly I, I like lost my AOL account because I regularly sound off about it. And it was because he couldn't get over that hump there with the top stars. And here he is in a position with the top star or, you know, one of the top two in the company. You got to just imagine, I know he's talked about this before, but how nerve wracking that had to be for him. And, you know, just the feeling in his gut surrounding that go out there and deliver that. But yeah, 
But as soon as you saw those letters Jericho flashing on that screen, it became so surreal. And no matter where you were, reader at home, you absolutely lost it. Awesome, Pop. Uh, Jericho, definitely very high up on my list. Another guy up there a few times. What about the ultimate warrior? SummerSlam 88 when he beat Honky Tonk is nuts. Get me somebody out here to wrestle. Yeah. I mean, partially, I got to give Honky Tonk because everybody hated him so much they want to see him get his ass kicked. But Warrior that night, that crowd is nuts. Plus, there's a short match, squash, boom. So they're continuously nuts for about two minutes there. Great pop. And then WrestleMania 8, the surprise return. It's probably even louder when you're there, but that was like a roar of the crowd. That was nuts. When that music hits, that's just like the perfect music to get you pumped, get, get a good pop out of you and have his ass run 100 yards to the ring to go save Hogan from Sid and Papa Shango. The SummerSlam 88 pop is hilarious because you get the pop of the music hitting, then more fans pop when he comes running out. Those fans are still popping when Warrior gets the three count, and then they pop again because the honky-tonk man just got beat. Like, it's... A chain reaction pop. Yeah. And Jarger, you're talking about the the call, you know, and, and what the commentary can add to that thing. You remember when you hear do, 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 and really know what who is this? What that sounds familiar. And then they're you know, they're helping you build up that intensity with it. I mean, we immediately know who it is, but you know, they're they're kind of no selling this thing, and, and they what you know they deliver just adds to that energy. And I think it took a while. It was a wave for people to understand what was going on. So the thing, it really was just like a tidal wave taking over. I, I just wish that we would have had, you know, like YouTube back then. So we got could have gotten the uh, eight track Brown Twitter reaction for the ultimate warrior beating the honky tonk man. I wish we could have seen that. Interesting. Should have been bad news, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one, uh, somewhat of a surprise return. Judgment Day 2000, The Undertaker, when he makes his Pri- return. Pause, freeze out on us. And nope, still here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I got Pardon. pause. I, pause is frozen on my end. I got Uh-oh. it. Oh, there he is. Sorry, there we go. Uh, I was saying Undertaker, Judgment Day 2000. Undertaker's one that's that's kind of interesting, right? Because he's almost in that Hogan category where every time the Undertaker would come out, that place would just go insane, especially yeah. for about the last 15 years of his career. Like the Undertaker pop was a real thing, especially at WrestleMania. I don't know if, if you could judge them if they were bigger, the energy, but I always enjoyed the American badass pops. Because they were so different, you know, just didn't rely on the gong yeah. and all that. It seemed a little more into the character. And, and he had some great music with that. If he was either rolling or if he was going with uh, American Badass, you know, it's just they're hot songs at the time. People just you get excited with them. Might be the last time Kid Rock was over. <laughs> Possibly. So another pop I had on my list, kind of a unpredictable one here. Absolutely loved it. Slamboree 1998, Dean Malenko takes the Cyclope C- uh, mask off, reveals it to be himself, Dean Malenko, and Chris Jericho ends up losing the Cruiserweight title to him. But, man, that pop is crazy. I, it, and it's almost shocking because how invested the crowd was into that turn, or like that, that turn of events really was a, like a surprise that it was Malenko. So, I mean, the crowd was nuts for Malenko and Jericho that, that night. 
and it's one of those things where if you look back through pro wrestling history and you tell somebody, yeah, you, you got to hear the pop for Dean Malenko. And they're like, wait, what? Because really? Malenko never got those pops. That, that, that one just kind of came out of nowhere. But it, like you said, it was just the emotional investment in the story. I don't even think that it was because it was Dean Malenko. It was just people were popping for the story regardless of the talent. Hey, somebody get a create a, you got to create a moment, and that's for wrestling's about moments. So what have we missed? What big pops have, well, I, have we missed or not talked? I'm going to ask you guys here. Uh, let's, let's go to the land of the rising sun. If you guys want to throw out some big uh, Japanese pops. Yeah, Japanese pops are a little bit different. I you know, know it's going to be a different conversation, a different beast. But if you can generate some, some noise over there. Yeah, I don't know. Masawa had a, had a hell hell of a night. Misawa. I mean, they would they go nuts. Muda a few times, obviously. Uh, but there's a bunch of guys. Doctor Death would get some ginormous pop once you hear that Kiss song hit. I mean, them, there was a, a lot of guys that got some big pops. I don't know if they're Hogan or Austin level, but they got some gigantic pops um, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's just, the presentation is just so different over there. Um, that I, I didn't have anything that, that made my list as far as just a straight Japanese pop. Um, I did have a couple of other ones on my list that we haven't talked about. Edge's return at the Royal Rumble, oh, yeah. I thought was a fantastic pop. And that's another one that all of us were like, wait, what? Is this really happening right now? So I, I don't necessarily have it high on my list, but that is one of the more recent ones. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Seth Rollins return at extreme rules in 2016 when he came back from the knee injury. Uh, and, and that one's just baffling to me because he blows the roof off the freaking place. Everybody's super happy to see Seth Rollins back. And then they bring him out on raw the next night and turn him heel, which just made absolutely no sense to me. Um, and, and then a couple others that just kind of honorable mention takeover baby when Adam Cole debuted at takeover Brooklyn. And then on the stage, you kind of see the forming of the undisputed era. They blew the roof off of that place for the Adam Cole catchphrase. And then Rick, one of my personal favorites, we were there rest in penis for Joey Ryan at all out 2018. I can't believe that that was a real chant that you had 11,000 people all doing in unison, but rest in penis as Joey Ryan is carried out by the Dick Druids. 11,000 minus one. I didn't chant that. Oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you were like, Jim Cornette's going to hate this. And, <laughs> and, and then you jumped in on it. Do you think that people are regretting chanting that now? No, no, no. <laughs> Nor should they. Uh, if anybody regrets anything, it should be falling for Joey Ryan's bullshit with this whole born-again Christian thing that he's doing right now. Oh, he must have read uh, Shawn Michaels' biography. Oh, there you go. There you go. So who is the biggest pop? I mean, we, we named a bunch. I mean, we named a ton of good ones and great ones. And if you're a true fan, you want to maybe go back on YouTube or the, or the uh, Peacock and you go watch them again because they were classic moments, goosebump level moments for true fans out there. Let's start with Rick this week. We never start with Rick. Rick, what do you well, got? I'm going to go uh, personally. I'm going back to uh, mid 2000s, the uh, Harrison Health and Fitness Center in West Harrison when Stamp Lickich won the Northern Wrestling Championship and we tore that place apart. Uh, there was beer bottles everywhere. There was chairs of flying. The party was on. 
Uh, that was that was person. That's my personal favorite. Uh, but for the sake of our conversation here, I think I'm going to go number one. And it was a, that combination we talked about: Austin Foley, DX, Foley taking the the WWE Championship. Uh, then two. I don't know, man. I, 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 I that's my number one. I, I'd have to really examine number two and and go forward from there. Chargo, what do you got? I'm going with the same one. Uh, the, the the double pop. Stone Cold comes out, hits him with the chair. Foley wins the belt. That, to me, is the greatest pop of all time. Number two, I'm going to put the British Bulldog winning the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 92 from Brett the Hitman Hart at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I think number two, I'm going to go Hogan Bachwinkle, man. That is a good one. I feel like I'm a little um, a little weary of, of of mine just because I was there. I think I might sway. Austin at WrestleMania 15 was unbelievable. There was even a house show before that in Philly a few months before at the end of 98 where it was just an insane pop. You actually had to go to the house show, get the paper form to get the tickets for WrestleMania 15. So that's why we really wanted to go to the house show too. Hey, that's so a we, hell of a marketing ploy. So we'd be first in line. So I got my WrestleMania 15 chair. We were first we were first row. Austin and, and the Rock fell on us during during the brawl in the crowd. So I mean uh, a, a lot of stuff was swaying me to that. But I don't know I, I for some reason and you guys are going to hate this. Got to go Hogan MSG. I was there deafening my ears popped. When that music hit and he came out, I gotta go, Hogan. Well, give us, give us your number one where you weren't in the building. Uh, to be honest, and it's funny because you guys both said it, and it was a tape show, but it was so deafening. I think Michael Cole hurts it a little bit, which doesn't matter with the pop, but just moment wise, hurt it a little bit. If it was Jr., I think it would be even more iconic. But I think that Austin Foley, because when Austin comes out, they are like apoplectic. I mean, they are nuts. But they still don't think Foley's going to win, just because he's such an underdog. It's Foley. Come on, it's not going to be. And then Foley wins. So at a show that I wasn't at, I would probably have to agree with you guys and go with that, just because it was so nuts. Like you said, almost like three times over. It's like, okay, Austin, he's not going to win though. Holy shit, he won. Then when he runs around the ring, they're they're going nuts or whatever. So that is just an awesome pop. My favorite pop though, favorite. Uncensored 97, just the, the moment and, and the history there and, and the pay-per-view and Shivani selling it like, you know, like, you know, somebody shot his dog or something. I mean, it was just awesome. And then Sting comes out and it completely <laughs> turns around and it's crazy. So those are the, some of the ones for me. I love the Daniel Bryan one with, with the obviously yes, going crazy. That cage match is awesome uh, with him turning from Daniel Wyatt to Daniel Bryan. There's so, so many good ones. So many good my, ones. my personal is awesome too. My personal favorite pop, and this is one that nobody talks about, um, was it all in when we ended up with Kota Ibushi on one side of the ring and Rey Mysterio on the other side of the ring, um, just kind of randomly inside of a six-man tag. And the entire Sears Center kind of fell quiet for a second, like we were processing what is about to happen. You're about to have Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio. And the, the, the kind of upswell pop that came from that moment, that's my favorite pop, absolutely. Because it was just everybody was like, wait, wait, how did we never even ponder this possibility that this could possibly happen? It was great. So I think um, possibly 
we all agree on this one, which was surprising. But that Austin pop with Foley, which was a huge moment, obviously a huge moment in wrestling. Eight hundred thousand fans switched over because Shivani said, oh, "You know that'll put some butts in the seats," which was fed to him by Bischoff, but he still said it, and it actually turned out to really put some butts in seats and, and flip the favor. And Foley basically put the nail in the coffin for uh, WCW that night. How do you suppose Tony feels about saying that now? Uh, they just showed a picture. I think it was the other day. He's got a book out called Let's Put Butts in the Seats or whatever comic book coming out. And he was with Foley and they were at a Comic Con together. So it was just funny that he, you could tell he's fine with it. He probably was like, you know, WCW, you know, fuck it. You know, the, what a mistake. But you could tell, you know, it's not his line. So it's not like he has to like go to bat for it. So he's doing his job. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the funny thing like nobody holds that moment against tony everybody holds it against eric yeah yep so let's hit the plugs you can follow me on twitter and instagram at two man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com and of course patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire jargo I am everywhere these days. You can keep up with me across all social media platforms at not Jargo. That's probably the best way to do it because I at least try to retweet, you know, when I'm doing a show. Um, but it seems like all I do when I'm at home is I sleep or I sit in this chair and record podcasts. Love it. Rick. Uh, I just want to just encourage everybody out there, no matter where you rank the CM Punk reaction that we saw the pop there. Uh, go find a, la- a laps fan. Go find someone that's a sports fan, that's an entertainment fan, and show them that clip. Uh, we need to try to grow this bubble uh, of our of our pro wrestling world. We need more fans. We, we need to attract people in. So I encourage everybody to go out there and share it and, and be positive inside of it, no matter how you feel. Personally about Punk, AEW, just get, get people excited about pro wrestling. Uh, me personally, hey, I encourage everybody to head on over to Facebook. Give a search for the Professional Wrestling Alliance and check out everything that we have going on. We're, we're dropping a ton of uh, promos from our guys this week. we got graphics out, tons of information. We're getting ready to grow. As soon as we get out of Thursday show, we're going to announce our next show. That's FTW Food Trucks and Wrestling is going to be coming at you. Again, that is the Professional Wrestling Alliance. We're going to keep up with me personally across all social media at The Real RBV. Nice. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for a little Who Is. See you next This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.